to the Toppy Blues podcast. I am Connor Williams, joined by Cal Brannan, uh, and today we'll be doing the extra time from the Aston Villa 3-0 defeat, and we'll be looking ahead of the Carabao game versus QPR. We are back with the extra time video from the 3-0 defeat to Aston Villa. I am joined by Cal Brannan. Cal, nice to see you, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? too bad um we'll start with you know the big the big talking point uh let me know your thoughts on the game uh on saturday let me know your initial thoughts it wasn't good was it uh i think we all knew this day was coming eventually where we were gonna lose but i think you know what a lot i don't i think some of us had some faith that it wouldn't be villa you know i just felt you know i think a lot of us myself included going into the game thought you know we looked a lot better than Villa. Villa had been a bit streaky in recent results and they just seemed to not be able to string it together. But it is just typical that it's against us where they string it together. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world because a lot of fixtures have gone our way. You know, Man City only drawing uh, even today. Tottenham losing. Uh, Brighton won, which isn't the best, but I think we're sixth still. I think we're still sixth in the table. So if I'm correct... Yeah, we're still sixth in the table, you know. I don't think that's the end of the world. Uh, we're still above, you know, Tottenham, West Ham, Villa who beat us, Leicester, Arsenal. We're still above quite a lot of teams and we are going into a game against Norwich. I don't think, you know, I'm not necessarily proud of the game. I think we got outperformed even though, you know, stuff like XG does say actually say we were tied on XG even though we lost 3-0. You know, but I think even though on football it says they had more, but they didn't even have one XG. That's the problem. I felt like we were just, it was a lot of errors, wasn't it, in the game? It was a lot of defending mistakes. And I think, you know, now that we see how just barren the squad is with injuries, is we, you know, losing arguably our three best players all to injury. Uh, I think we're very lucky that our next game's Norwich. I think we're very lucky. I think this is the one time we can have a mini injury crisis and possibly get away with it. You know, we play United, but I don't think we'd beat United with a full squad anywhere. We play West Ham and we play Watford, so we might get away with it. We might fluke it, but I also think this shows how desperate we are for squad depth and that that needs to be fixed in January. Because if we have another moment like this during the Christmas period where it's all hectic before the international break, then we could really run into some problems. And I think uh, this game just, you know, was the game that showed that. Uh, but lots of props to Villa. I think Villa played very well. They played some good football. They kept trapping us. And I just don't think we were ready. I think we were able to create some chances. You know, Damari Gray had a good chance. You know, uh, there's a few where, you know, Rondon had a header uh, that even here, if I just check, you know, Michael Keane. I think there's a few where we just, but I just think we weren't ready for it personally. I don't think we came in with a real game plan to beat them, especially when we started losing. I think Rafa just tried to keep things the way they were. And, you know, I can't really 
slate Rafa for anything, but I feel like we should have maybe changed the game plan a little bit when Villa figured it out and tried to get back into the game a little bit more than we did. Instead, we were just caught off guard so quickly. You know, there was the... And especially, it's just all... I think the game is massively summed up by the second goal, the Dinier on goal, where they basically scored from a corner. You know, it's not like they've scored from a header from a corner, like the corner went in. And it's just, it's just such typical Everton, isn't it, that... Uh, Villa made a change and we couldn't handle that change and they just ripped us to pieces because of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree, mate. Um, it was just, I think I did sum it all up. Uh, I take it from, because obviously we'll get into a lot more of what you were saying, um, a couple of things about the injuries and a couple of other absences. Um, but I take it from how you're, how you're talking, you're not one of these whose heads might have fallen off. I saw on Twitter a couple of, couple of really um, harsh initial reactions and from my point of view, it wasn't brilliant. Uh, I can't lie and say it was it was a good game. It was brilliant. It wasn't brilliant from our end. But like you sort of highlighted, we're still in a good position. Uh, this is an Aston Villa team that did really well in the summer. We were all praising them for their recruitment. One of the lads they managed to bring in was a fella that we all quite liked and really wanted. Um, and I think it's a little bit early for any panic. It's our first defeat. They're not an awful team. Um, don't, I'd say they're probably on par, maybe with, you know, in terms of actual quality, maybe a little bit better now with their summer recruitment. But they're not, you know, it's not the end of the world. I think some people are, some very rare few are initially turning to quite an upset, which is, it was upsetting, but I think some harsh, uh, rash initial reactions were being posted on Twitter. Uh, it wasn't brilliant, but I don't think it's the end of our season by a mile. Um, Obviously, you mentioned injuries. This was a bit of a blow. Uh, I remember I saw it on Twitter, rumours before the game that we were going to miss Pickford and Richarlison. And when I remember I saw the rumours, I was thinking, I hope not. But it turns out they were true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, but the, the, we really did miss um, Richarlison and Pickford in this, didn't we? Yeah, really, really. Um even Calvert Lewin, you know, I think Ron, I think Rondon did a decent job leading the line first game. You know, places like Footmob have been rated really lowly, but I think a lot of things like that, you know, his passing success was wasn't the best. But I think he was okay. I think he could have been better. I think he could have been a lot worse. Um, but I just think we should have kind of expected this. I think to be honest, Begovic was awful. Begovic was really bad. You know, I, th- I don't know what goal. It's it's the um, Matty Cash goal. I don't know what he's doing, I think, because, you know, I think it's clear the defender's stopping him from trying to wrap it around Begovic. So I think, you know, Begovic should know that's going near post, but he doesn't seem to know, and it just catches him off. I'd, I'm, it's not m- me saying Begovic is an awful goalkeeper and that he should never play for Everton again. I think he had a bad game, and I don't think the defence helped him in the slightest. I think Mina was okay. Um, I think Godfrey struggled out at right back, but in the end, it's not a natural right back. I don't know what we expect. Keane was, yeah, Keane wasn't very good. Uh, Dinier was, you know, I know a lot of the fans who, you know, think that if I say Dinier had an awful game, he's going to leave the club in January, are going to start overreacting and panicking. But he was, he had a really bad game. You know, got an own goal, got ripped apart by Matty Cash for the first goal. Uh, his delivery hasn't been the best. I understand. I understood it last game with Richarlison up front. 
with, you know, not as much of an aerial threat. But Townsend was playing good balls into the box. And, you know, I think Townsend, I think Townsend and Decore were really good. I think both of them were still good. I think they were the two players that really stood out. I think Iwobi was quite good as well. But I just don't think there was any attacking threat from us besides that one Damari Gray chance, which was Damari Gray basically doing everything by himself. But I just think it was... I think we are ravaged by injury. I don't think people should be overreacting like you said and thinking it's the end of the season. I think you've got to look at the players we are missing. Pickford, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison um, and Coleman. And I think, if to be honest with you, I think you know people are going to go, well, you don't know if that's true. I think if you had those players, we win that game. I really do. I don't think Villa was spectacular in the first half. It was the second half when they started to capitalise. I really think we could have capitalised in that first half if we had a bit more attacking talent, but we just didn't. But uh, yeah, fair play to Villa. It's a good win for Villa. Uh, I think this win will really start you know, to supercharge their season. Now they needed a result like this. And I think they just wanted it a little more than we did, and that happens sometimes in football. Yeah, uh, I agree. And we, we sort of knew the injuries was always going to catch up with us this summer when we, um, when we didn't sign as many players as we liked. Uh, obviously, I think we were all hoping praying that if it was going to catch up to us and I think just assuming it would be closer to the Christmas period because the game's coming quick and fast then and it's normally where Everton tends to pick up injuries I think that was when Alan you know around that winter gap was where Alan and then Decore sort of picked up theirs last year uh, obviously this is a little bit sooner and it is very unlucky to have our main striker our backup striker slash winger out uh, and then Jordan Pickford as well and I've heard that the three of them could be out for a couple of weeks. Um, I mean, obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think, might be the longer one of the three. But it, it think, looks like we might. I don't think they're going to be back for the Norwich game. I think maybe maybe the United. You never know. Maybe a couple I of think Calvert-Lewin is the going to be back the earliest. Because I and I had a look. It says Calvert-Lewin's late September to early October. The other ones say just October. I don't know if that's because... Calvert-Lewin's got a confirmed date and they don't yet. But let's just hope they can make a quick recovery. And like I said, we're playing Norwich next week. No offence to Norwich, but we would have to have one of our worst games in years to lose to them. And don't get me wrong, it won't surprise me if we do it. It's Everton. It really won't surprise me. But I also think this is a part for some uh, marketing genius here. When we play John Joe Kenny, John Joe Kenny gets two assists, looks world-class. And then we uh, swap him and twenty million for Max Aaron's in January. That would that would be the dream, uh, especially in January as well. I, I sort of thought that was going to be in, you know, summer purchase. That's if we decide to go with him. Knowing Everton, we'll tease him for about three months and then <laughs> end up panicking because he goes somewhere else. But um, yeah, looking back at the Villa game, I think I think we speak for everyone where it was a bit, it was a bit of a disappointment but it was also a bit of a bring back down to reality because for me um, it just showed how bare this squad can be with a couple of injuries missing and you'd hope maybe January but the problem with buying in January is prices are so much more expensive because teams know if you're looking for your business in January you're quite desperate and you're going to pay but I agree with you with your with your pre-talk you know um, we went into the game. I saw somebody tweet that he'd never Benitez had never lost at Villa Park, uh, which was probably the kiss of death at that point. Um, but from what I've heard, I caught the second half. My dad watched the first, and then you know, so we were talking afterwards because he missed the second, I missed the first. 
But from what I heard, we were we were okay in the first half. We kept we kept ourselves in the game. Like you said, I heard Rondon had a couple of chances. Um, it's important to mention as well, Rondon hasn't played a full, you know, a full 90 minutes for some time um, and hasn't played football for some time. So I think towards the end, he looked a bit tired. Um, but I think I think you put it perfectly. We weren't, Villa weren't that much better than us. They weren't uh, running rampant. They were just, like you said, cash, a fantastic goal, but he absolutely ripped Digne apart. Uh, the own goal from Digne is just unlucky. And then Leon Bailey's goal, I think it was a matter of, I think we just tried to push, you know, to sort of, if you get another goal, you're still in it type uh, type of reaction. Um, you know, maybe we could steal a late draw, but once it went in, I, th- I think that was all she wrote. Um, it was very typical because he just sprinted past all the time in the world and then slotted it. Um, but I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was, um, I thought it was quite unlucky because I thought on paper, we, we managed to keep ourselves in the game very well. Um, obviously, the, the issue now is, um, you mentioned Awobi. Rondon went off. Um, Awobi went up front. A couple of people we've talked before, so we'll talk about it again now. Do you think that was the right move? Do you think you should have stuck Damari Gray there, potentially? Um, you know, moved a couple others around, put Gordon on the wing. Do you think it was a good idea to stick a Wobie up there? Because I remember at the time it was getting quite the reaction on social media. Um, no, I don't think so. I understand why, and you know, I said it to you before, it's because he's a bigger body. You know, Wobie's quite a big lad, so I can kind of understand it. And I think he can from the set pieces, uh, set pieces or the goal kicks, he can take the ball down quite well. But I also think we shouldn't be playing long hoof it up kicks with Begovic in goal when we've got Pickford and listen, I do in the end, I'm not a big Michael Keane fan, but I'd much rather play it out of the back with Michael Keane. And I know that might trigger some people, but he, he's decent at that. It's probably his best trait as a centre back is that he can bring it out from the back. He's just a bit rash with his decision making. But I think Mina does it quite I think Mina played out from the back quite well this game as well when we did. But um I think Damari Gray should have been the one put up front. I do. Just because I feel like he could have, we could have switched it up and instead of going long ball, hoof it up in the air, keep it low on the ground and have Damari Gray use his dribbling and pace because Gray was able to beat the Villa players a few times. Like if I have a look here, um, I don't know where I find it. Dribbles. I think he had a few. I definitely remember seeing him at least win two of his dribbles. But if I, I remember do him having this, a shot as well in the second half. Yeah. So he had, past the post. you know, five dribbles attempted, two succeeded. You know, the app. Um, it doesn't sound particularly good, or some people might think because it's forty percent that's not good. But in the end, we we don't really have players who'll dribble at someone and run at them and keep going and put the pressure on them. That's what Damari Gray does so well. And I also think you know the defending was bad, but it just Hammer should have been on the bench, shouldn't it? You know, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, and I know people are going, well, it's not. Not not playing Hamez isn't what lost us the game. Hamez is playing, we still lose that game, I think. But I also think having Hamez off the bench to give a spark to that attack would have worked so much better. And I, do you know what? I'll say it, I do think he plays against Norwich because it's Norwich. No offence to him. If he wants to bring Hamez back into the side, this is the perfect game to do it. it is, I don't think there's a better team to do it against. 
a team where he's going to get a lot of the ball to his feet and be able to create chances. But I just think Rafa, he's a great manager and he's done good stuff with us so far. I think he need, there's this like agenda with him and Ahmed. I think that's what I think it is. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think it's because he's not training. He's not. I just think it is this petty bad relationship, and I understand it. Everyone does it. If I were Rafa and Hamas were like how he was at Real Madrid with me, I'd be the same. But I think he has to realise now that it's such a creative spark, and with all these injuries, we can't not have him in the side anymore. I think it's he has to. He. It just for even if it's just for these few games, you know, because who's going to buy me January if he doesn't play a single game? You know, I just tracks up at the end, isn't it? So he could end yeah, up but I think it, if he has a really good run in January, he might get lucky and a team might come in then and offer us like a million just to take him. And then we, well, think it's still a million pounds profit, profit, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say it's still it, a profit, and it's his wages off the book too. But I don't know, I think. Um, I think he could have a real impact, especially against Norwich and Watford, even West Ham. I mean, we know actually even Man United. We know he, we've seen him have an impact against Man United. I think because I think he will involve him against Norwich and then play him against United. Because I think Hamez always did perform against the bigger teams. You know, I, really, I think he really pulled a finger out against like United, Liverpool, the big games. You know, because I feel like he is a luxury player, and I do feel like those luxury players really perform like. They like the big stage. But I just think that now that we have this just lack of depth, he has to be on the bench. He has to be. There's no choice about it, I don't think, anymore. Well, I, I was going to get to um, James Rodriguez because I think while this is going on and while there's all these mumblings, I don't think we will ever be in a place where we don't bring James Rodriguez up in a discussion on, on the channel until there is some sort of satisfaction or some sort of explanation to his lack of um, sort of appearances. Uh, when I first saw the lineup, I agreed with you. I thought surely he's got to make a bench where Ellis Sims has made it ahead of him coming straight off an injury. Surely James Rodriguez gets there. Uh, Rafa Benitez did say though in his post-match that it was down to James Rodriguez that he didn't play. Apparently he doesn't want to risk a muscle injury. Um, so he said that he didn't want to play. And, um, uh, and I, I've sort of to try not to get into the politics of who's in the right and who's in the wrong. I was saying to my family the other day, like whether it's Hamas doesn't want to play for us or Benitez doesn't like him, it's make it does it makes us we're the losers in the end, as in the club because we're lacking his quality. Um, and the fans who pay to potentially want to go see him, you know, he brought in a lot of Colombian, South American fans who you know supported Everton to see him, and he's. I'm going to say one of the best players in terms of quality and pedigree we've had at the club for some time, uh, certainly in terms of pedigree and what he's won. The last time we had a player that had that sort of history behind him was probably Samuel Eto'o, <laughs> uh, just in terms of what they've won. Um, so I'm hoping that is resolved sooner than later. But uh, you brought on you know, Norwich, uh, and obviously we've got QPR, but I can't imagine us risking many of the first-team lads at the sake of being scared of injuries. Um, how do you think we'll line up? Do you think Benitez will change much? Obviously, we've said we'd like to see Rodriguez in. Do you think he'll sort of look at the right-back situation? Uh, he can't really do much with the two full-backs, even if he wanted to, in all honesty. I was going to say what do you think he'd do about the left, but unless he brings Lewis Gibson, if he's still, if he's not out on loan, I think he's going to struggle to fix the left-hand side of us. Do you think he'll stay with the same lineup, Rondon up front, the exact same? 
or do you think he'll change it up a little bit? And how much can he change it up? I'm going to try speaking to the reality that Hamas is going to play because, you know, I feel like even Damari Gray up front with Iwobi, Hamas and Townsend would be better. No offence to Rondon. But I think Norwich really struggle with those type of... I mean, look at how much they struggled with Ismail Asar. I think Damari Gray is a prime example of that. They can't handle really pacey players with a good finish. You know, it might just be a few games, but so far Damari Gray has been just that. So I do think it would be smart. I also think, you know, Hamas playing in behind Damari Gray is just please. It's something I want to see at least once. I just think, I think it's just the perfect, it's like I said to you, it's the perfect situation to get him in, isn't it? Because in the end, you know, when, when is he going to have no offence in the Premier League an easier game? You know, Norwich have still got zero points, I think. Their goal difference is ridiculously bad. They've lost 15 games in a row. And I'm not saying Everton should go in saying, yep, we've won this game. Easy peasy, let's go. We Hopefully not. I don't think Rafa makes us play like that. I think we'll still take Norwich seriously, but I think we also then know that there is going to be more leeway. Norwich can be dangerous going forward. They can, but I also think that defence is absolutely dreadful. So I just think uh, the lineup should be. Uh, even Kenny maybe gets a start because I'd prefer to see Godfrey at centre back. You know, um, it, it. I can imagine it will be the same though, same goalkeeper back line midfield and uh, midfielders in Iwobi, Alan, Ducore, Townsend, and then I'm, maybe it might be Hammers and Gray, or it could be Gray and Rondon again. But um, I wouldn't mind the same lineup again. I do think this lineup can beat Norwich. I think obviously there's a big gap in quality between uh, Villa and Norwich. But I think I think I'm, I think we're gonna see Hamas. And like I said, this is just me trying to speak some positivity into existence. But I think this is gonna be the time we see Hamas. And if he's not risking a muscle injury, then listen. If he feels like he's calves tight and he's being genuine, then obviously I understand it. But if it is Hamas now just throwing his toys out of the pram, then I understand him not playing if that's how he's going to be. Well, we, we spoke about injuries. Um, this is typical Everton. As much as Benitez never losing to Villa Park, there was some praise about um, Paco de Miguel. I'm going to pronounce it, although I think I've done that wrong. Benitez's assistant is very good at fitness. Um, and it was raving about him. There's an article written about him. I maybe by the athletic but I can't be too sure apologies if it's not um yeah about how good he was how good he is at coping with injuries and then in the space of 24 hours four three of the first team members all pull out with injuries and um, I think this is a problem moving forward uh in terms of injuries or do you think it's just Everton being extremely unlucky I know Richarlison's is apparently caused by Tarkovsky's challenge which looking back is not a surprise um, but I'm thinking more Seamus Coleman and Pickford. Uh, I think the problem with it, though, is, for example, Pickford's is a shoulder, and I think, you know, I think I can tell you how what's happened. Going off logic, he's dived and landed on his shoulder wrong, hasn't he? That's probably what's happened. I don't think Paco can control that. Coleman already had an injury, and I feel like that might be more Rafa's fault for playing him through it. 
you know, Calvert-Lewin has had an injury the entire time. Um, he got it in, it was the tour, and then the hamstring was England, wasn't it? So, the guy, it's not the poor guy's fault. We can't, like, he is a good, to put it simply, I think the players look a lot fitter. They look a lot, these players can handle 90 minutes a lot easier than they could last season. So, the guy's clearly having an impact. Obviously, Rondon was knackered, but like you said to me before, he hasn't played since May. You know, I think Decore, you know, Decore's always had ridiculous stamina, but, like, the guy doesn't stop for 90 full minutes. You know, Damari Gray has bags of energy, you know. I think he's, Townsend has bags of energy. I think he's good at his job. And I do think, because in the end, dealing with injuries means you have to get injuries to deal with them. So I think what that means is he, when the players are injured, he treats, He's there to get them back to fully fit to the point where they don't just get injured again, which is always a problem with us. A player gets injured, we rush them back, and they get injured again. I feel like with him here, that won't be a problem. And listen, you've seen his work all throughout his time with Rafa. So, you know, CV speaks for itself. We can't, you know, say, oh, because a few players got injured at the same time that all of a sudden he's not good at his job. I think he is good at his job. And I think as well, he's only been here a short amount of time. So I think there's no point in overreacting. You know, I think there's just let the guy get his job done. Don't start blaming fitness coaches who are going to do the job because we just lost one game and we're getting a few injuries. Don't, I just, it would be typical Everton, wouldn't it, for us to just start all melting down after losing one game. I don't think it's necessary. I don't even think this is just me trying to be optimistic. I think this is just using common sense. There's no point melting down. This if we lose to Norwich, meltdown. I'm fine with it because we shouldn't lose to Norwich. If we lose to Norwich, a meltdown. Even drawing to Norwich is reason for a meltdown. But losing to a very good side who've only got a, who even before the summer had a squad on par with us and then improved massively. I think in the end we should expect stuff like this and we haven't won at Villa Park since the last time we were in the Premier League so I think all those factors not just Villa Park sorry we haven't beat Villa since they've come back so you know even when they almost got relegated so I think I think there is certain things that are a reason for concern but I don't think it's on the fitness side yeah we've got a few injuries but I just think it's us being unlucky and then I think it's also some, maybe the players being overworked because we just don't have the squad depth. But at the same time, that's not the fitness coach's fault. No, I, I agree. I think we've just been unlucky. And Villa have, uh, have a, a, certainly in recent years been a bit of a bogey team. I think we're all you know well aware of the beat Villa and we go top tweet a couple of seasons ago. <laughs> um, sort of behaviour. Villa do seem to be a bit of our bogey team at the minute. Um, we are going to leave it there though for the extra time and today we will be doing the uh, Carabao Cup preview um, obviously we play QPR in the Carabao Cup uh, first things first Cal how do you think the game's going to go uh, I think we should win uh, QPR are pretty good I like QPR I think they've got some nice football I think they've got a nice little team Um you know, I think we definitely won't go in worrying about, uh, not worry, sorry, um, underestimating them because we almost were punished in the Huddersfield game because of that. I think UPR also got a few similar players to Huddersfield in the fact of, you know, 
people like I don't know if chairs fit. Uh, Ilya's chair who can control the game. You know, they've got Charlie Austin up front. Uh, Rob Dickey, who is unreal. Rob Dickey is someone I'd like to see at Everton, you know, and I'm not even over-exaggerating with that. I'd love to see Rob Dickey at Everton. I think QPR have got some real players in the squad, and I think uh, we need to be careful against them. But I also do think, you know, they've conceded 12 goals in eight games. They are susceptible to conceding a few goals. So I think um, if we send like a little rotated squad out, I'm not saying, you know, send out the entire B team. But I think this would be good for people like Tom Davies, Jojo Kenny, even Jared Bramford, Anthony Gordon. We were saying this earlier, you know, might be the perfect time to give Ellie Sims a chance. You know, I think it's a game where we could really see some players who maybe aren't in the first team or maybe even are on the fringes where they won't get substituted on much, Could who could really, you know, prove that they deserve to be in the squad for this season. I think this is the perfect game to prove that for them. Yeah, I agree. It's certainly a, a good chance. Um, obviously, QPR sitting eighth. They've played eight games, won three, drew three, lost two. Uh, their loss is coming to Bournemouth, who are a very good team and look like they could be in the race for the promotion and certainly the championship. Uh, and the other one being against Bristol City, who are on points with them, so a similar sort of team. Um, I do think you're right in terms of the, the rotation. Uh, I was I'm, I'm about to ask you uh, your starting lineup. Who would you who do you think who do you expect to see playing? Um, right. Uh, Begovic, Kenny, Holgate, and then one of the starters, Keane, Mina, Godfrey, one of them. Um, Dinier, because we've got no other choice. Um, I feel I feel like Alan and Decore need a rest. So I'm going to say Davies Gabamin, because I think Gabamin's fit. There's nothing on the Everton website that says he's not fit. Um, and then... Well, it's kind of a 4 4 1 1. So I think he will be able to start again. You know, I just I don't think he will be able to start against Norwich. So I think he'll start against QPR. So he will be on the left and, or maybe he will be on the right. I'm going to say he will be on the right, Gordon on the left. Because it's either going to be Gordon in the 10 or Gordon on the left. He might play Gordon in the 10 and then. I don't even remember who else we've got to play on the left. I don't think he'll play Gray. I think Gray deserves a rest. Uh, Townsend can play on the left, but I don't think he would. Um, I don't really know. Um, I'm going to leave the 10 spot with like a question mark because I don't know. And then I'd like to see Ellie Sims up front, but I think it'll be Rondon again. Nice, nice. But obviously you mentioned Solomon Rondon. Uh, he- it's fair to say struggled a little bit fitness-wise in the Villa game, uh, but what did you what did you make of him personally? Do you think um, do you think against QPR he'll play, uh, and do you think moving forward when he's a little bit fitter, do you think he seems to look like he could be a decent buy for us? Yeah, I think he looks decent, especially you know we paid nothing for him. I think um, his hold-up play looked quite good. I think his passing could have improved, but I think that naturally just came with the lack of game time. But I do think his hold-up play were great. He was able to push people off, use his strength to his advantage. You know, he was battling for the ball every time. I think that's why he was so knackered. But yeah, I think a game against QPR. Uh, I think, you know, like I said, I think Dickie's a really good centre-back. I think, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Dickie is able to, you know, hold off um, Townsend, sorry, hold off Rondon and have a good battle with him. But I do think 
this could be where we, you know, Rondon has his goal forever and his burst to life, you know, his, you know, I can still do it at a good level. But I don't know because, you know, obviously if Rondon plays, it'll be three games in a week. So that's why I think Ellie Sims might start. But I'm a fan of Rondon. I don't think there was much to complain about besides, obviously, the fact that he got tired. But he hasn't played football in months. We can't, you know, slate the poor guy for that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just a matter of getting his fitness up to the the right standard. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, the one thing with Ellis Sims is we sort of are hoping to send him back out on loan in January. Obviously, with the current situation, that might have changed. But that was the original plan once he was fit again. I know Blackpool looked at him, uh, but he was obviously injured. Blackpool, obviously, in the championship. This is a championship club. It would be a good time to see how he copes with this sort of level. Um, do you think this could be a bit of a shop window for him in terms of a loan deal? Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, he go- he scores against QPR. Then you've got these loyal teams, you know, who are really struggling. Nottingham Forest can't score. I mean, I, I don't think they would because they've got Graben and uh, Lyle Taylor. But Hull, Hull have got Josh McEachern. What? No, is it McEachern? Or what's his name? Or is it McManus I'm thinking of? Uh, let me have a little bit of a scroll here. Uh, Mc- yeah, I, I don't know who. I for- seem to forget his name. But he's been caught offside like a stupid amount of times. Like, an absolutely ridiculous amount of times. Uh, do you know what? It won't even take me that long to find out. Uh, I go, just got uh, a championship. It is. Oh, he's... The whole forward, to put it simply, while I'm searching for this, is just a ridiculous amount of offsides. Like, I think he was more... He's got more than some teams by himself. So, I think, you know, they might look and see, you know... You're decent, but you're offside all the time. So I could see a team like them looking. Uh, Peterborough have got a decent striker, you know, but I think that might be the area we want to be looking. You know, even if, for example, the Swansea forwards don't pick up, I think we could really see someone like Ellis Sims go and fry because I do think he was good for Blackpool when he played. You know, he got... Uh, I Was it the playoff final he scored? Or the semi-final, I think? Semi-final, I think it was. That's it, yeah. Josh McGinnis, that's his name. Uh, he gets caught offside almost two times a game. So, you know, it's not, and he only has one goal in seven appearances. So, I, I, Hull, you know, now I've said that, I really could see him going to somewhere like Hull, actually. Well, I imagine I imagine Blackpool and Critchley are going to keep an eye on him as well, just because they uh, know of him. Um Looking at Queen's Park Rangers here, I've got some of their stats up. Um, not, we'll get on to players in a bit because there's a couple of players, a couple of familiar names. Obviously, you've mentioned a couple of players you like the look of, but there's a couple of familiar names that people will remember from their stints in the Premier League in the top flight. But looking at their uh, stats for this season, um, very good at getting their sh- shots on target per match. They rate second just behind Marco Silva's Fulham. Um, but as a whole... They seem to struggle to create. They've only created nine big chances, uh, which is a massive drop-off from Luton and Fulham in um, second and first, who've got 20 and 16. Um, So it looks like they could... It looks like they might struggle to create, but there's no... um, I don't think they're any easy team 
either. Uh, looking at it now, they seem to be quite good at containing themselves. They've got um, they've got a couple of clean sheets. Um, do you think do you think it'd be a bit too optimistic for fans to just assume we beat them and we go on to the next draw? Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely do think so. Actually, because I just think you know us going in and underestimating a team. It's just we know what happens then, don't we? You just, you know, I think it's we shouldn't be going out there and having this ridiculous idea that, you know, we're Everton, we're in the Premier League, they're in the Championship, know your level, blah, 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 stuff like that, because, you know, they're a good side. And we've seen multiple times in these cup competitions, no one's there. You know, if you underestimate a team, they can really catch you. And, you know, I think we're a team that's very susceptible to being caught in cup competitions. I think it's something we do quite a lot where we just, the head shut off. And usually, like, for example, last season, we went out to Man U and Man City. You can't, you know, but I can't think of it a, a real example, but we've, you know, we've had some stinkers in cut conversations before. Uh, we, you know, we're just in Millwall. Millwall in, in the league, we do it all the time. We just switch off and lose to teams we should be beating. So I just think uh, it'd be, they need to be careful. Uh, and just play like we did against Huddersfield in a sense. We took Huddersfield seriously, and yeah, Huddersfield ended up scoring, didn't they? Yeah, they brought the, the Huddersfield brought the fight to us. Um, obviously, yeah, there was a keen being sent off, which won't happen this time. Yeah, but we took Huddersfield seriously, gritted down, and we were able to beat them. In the end, I don't want, I don't expect us, sorry, to beat QPR 5 0. If we win 1 0, I don't care. We're moving on to the next round. The most important thing in cup competitions is taking every game extremely seriously. Obviously, if you're like Man City and you get the easiest draw every time, you don't have to. But you know, for us, a cup would be a cup for Rafa. That'd be his piece de resistance. That'd be his. You know, this is my proof. I deserve this job to everyone who doubted me. So I think you know he's going to put a real emphasis in this, and I think the players are going to put a real fight in this game. Well, so they should. Um, like you said, there's been a couple of times where, uh, not just in the League Cup uh, or the FA Cup, but there's a couple of times in the actual league where I feel like we might have walked into games, assumed we'd win, hasn't gone our way. And then we sort of, I don't want to say really low ball effort it, but um, there were a couple of those times last season. But the Millwall one for me uh, in the Cup screams just one of the worst times I've ever seen us play. Um, but Looking at the QPR squad now, there are some very good players here, some that people will remember, will know. Uh, the main one is, obviously, uh, Charlie Austin, who spent a lot of time uh, in the Championship. He's a very good Championship goal scorer, uh, but obviously has spent time in the Premier League with Southampton and West Brom. Uh, I don't think he will necessarily play, though, because they played Lyndon Dykes, um, who, again is their top goal scorer. But another familiar name is Andy, Andy, uh, Andre Gray. Um, so there's a couple of players that, you know, we need to be careful of. Lee Wallace, who I think might be injured, but another good player. Uh, who, who are you least looking forward to coming up against? Um, I think at least Chair's really good. I think, um, I think if you want to watch, you know, uh, Chris Willock as well. Chris Willock's had a fantastic start to his season. I think if you want to look for a real creative threat, like if I can get that creative starts up here for a second, you know, 
Um, he's fantastic. You know, I think he's a really good player, and um, I think he's really fun to watch. I think um, I think he's he's like a, he's not as relentless as Sauber Thomas. I don't think, but you know, we saw what a player like Sauber Thomas did to us, and you know, I'm just trying to find it here. But you know, um, he's a really fantastic player, and you know. He can be dangerous. He likes to go at players. He can create chances. But uh, Willock, uh, I'd say Willock Dykes. Dykes is, you know, if you've seen him for Scotland, he can be a real pain for some people. Uh, Willock, Dykes, Chair, uh, Dickie. Dickie's a really good aerial threat, someone who could really punish us. And, you know, he's even got, I'm pretty sure one of his goals is he ran through an entire team and then cracked one from outside of the box and scored. So I think with Dickie, the one thing that might worry us is if he runs at us the players might get confused because he is really good on the ball and it might catch us off guard and you know I will keep raving on about Rob Dickey because like I said I'd take Rob Dickey at Everton now so you know it's I think there's a few players who really can catch us uh, Senny Dieng the goalkeeper is pretty good as well so I think they've got a good championship squad and I don't think it would surprise anyone if they made the playoffs this year so you know this is a playoff caliber championship team so it's a team that you know could a team that could be in the Premier League next year for all we know. So I think we do have to treat them seriously. And I think we need to realise their threats. But I think Rafa will do that. He'll take a tactical approach to the game and try to nullify the threats that QPR have. So what type of game do you expect QPR to give us? Do you think they will sort of press and go for it like Huddersfield? Or do you think they'll be a little bit more set back? I don't think QPR are the type of team to really sit back. Uh, you've seen the 16 goals, 12 conceded, I think. I think that might be right, but, you know, they don't sit back. I think that it's going to be just like Huddersfield again. So I feel like we might have more of an advantage because we've it's happened once. So we might be more prepared for it this time. But, yeah, I think I expect a very similar ticket aim to Huddersfield, you know, where it's going to annoy some fans because of how nervy it gets at times. But yeah, I'd say I expect quite an exciting game for a Carabao Cup game. Obviously, after this game, we have the draw again. Well, the draw after yeah, after this game, but it won't be directly after this game, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but we will then, if we win, go back into the draw. And now we have the European big boys coming in. Uh, the likes of Liverpool, West Ham, all of them. Um, does it worry you that now yeah, we have because, European Yeah, because we're going to get Man City. We do every year. I'm more worried the, about the other side of, of the park. Do uh, you know what? I, I, yeah, I'm worried about them all, really. But you know what happens. You know, every third or fourth round every year, in it's either one, it's one of the competitions we get knocked out early because we get one of the best teams. You know, West think, Ham because our cup record against West Ham is. Of recent memories. Yeah, but it's Moyes, isn't it? Moyes just knows how to beat us. It doesn't matter what who we have as manager, what type of football we play, who's in the squad, he knows how to beat us. But, uh, I think it's just... Um, I'd like a bit of an easier run. I don't think we ever get them. We have won this year, you know, preferably in the FA Cup. Because, you know... But I feel like we'll get a Premier League side. I feel like that's almost guaranteed. I feel like we always do. But I think, you know, it'd be a good test to say if, if we got Man United, for example, because I think it'd be a good, I think it would be a good proving ground to where we were at this point last, 
season where we did play United in the Carabao Cup. I think that might have been the quarterfinals, though. Because I think we had, I think we had quite an easy, we actually did get quite an easy run until United. But I wouldn't mind it as a testing ground, you know, because I don't think Man United will take the Carabao Cup as seriously. So we might be able to catch them off guard. Like, I, Ronaldo doesn't play the Carabao Cup. He just doesn't. I'll be dead, you know, but obviously they've still got Cavani, Martial, but I don't mind the test, but I also would obviously like to win a cup. So let hope for not an easy draw, but a draw that, you know, is more, you know, there's more of an opportunity to win. I think it's the nicest way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It, you know, try and avoid the big boys as much as possible. Um, is probably the best way forward. And a nice cup run would be quite exciting for fans, even if, if we could get to Wembley uh, as well. Obviously, lifting it would be fantastic. But if we just get to Wembley, that'd be a big boost, uh, especially because this competition comes before the FA Cup. So it'd be a good um, building post for us to sort of start putting the foundation blocks in. Rafa can look at it and go, it was a good cup run till this moment. Let's, you know, sort of do that again, but not fall at this. And um, before we end, though, I will ask you for your score prediction. Uh, and give us your score as well. 2 0 Everton. Uh, Alexi Warby, and I'm going to back him, Ellis Sims. Nice, very nice. Could be a really good time to see Ellis Sims make his debut. If you get it with a goal, um, that'd be really fantastic. I think the last time I saw someone from the academy do that was Pennington. Um, if I remember right, they scored and then I got sent off or scored an own goal against Liverpool. Uh, it was really unlucky. Um, but that would be a fantastic way to introduce Alice Sims to the Everton fans. Uh, that is all we've got time for today, though, on the preview. That's everything we've got time for on Toffee Blues podcast today. Thank you for listening. Uh, Cal, thank you so much for being on. Uh, yeah, no worries. We will do what we do every time we have a guest. Uh, we'll have you pick a song to play us out. So, Cal, what is your song for today? Uh, do you know what? We'll go for We Are The Champions by Queen because we're going to win the Carabao Cup. Love the confidence, decent song selection. <laughs> uh, hopefully it seems through. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And peace out. Mistakes. I've made a few. I've had my shells and kicked in my face, but I can't prove. I need to go on, 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 on. We are the champions, my friends, and we'll keep on fighting till the. Fortune and everything that goes with it. I thank you all.
but it's been no bed of roses. 